Hallelujah. Father, Lord, we love you. God, worship you this morning. Lord, you are truly worthy this morning of all worship. Some of you may need to just praise your way out of bondage. Praise your way out of darkness. In the midnight hour. As I was praying, I, I, I just felt like I sensed a lot of people are battling a midnight hour as if it's a night enveloping you and and you're just overwhelmed with darkness. I don't know what that may mean to you. Whether that's oppression, depression, fear, anxiety, hopelessness, but being enveloped almost by this impending darkness as if a storm was rolling in. But God wants to reveal Himself this morning. And drive back every storm. Drive back the shadows of darkness. In Him there is no shadow of darkness. He wants to reveal hope this morning to the hopeless. Strength to the weak. Encouragement to the discouraged. Deliverance to the bound this morning. Some of you here this morning, and I don't know what it is that, you know, we know some of the national things going on, but sometimes it goes deeper than that. There are family issues. There are physical issues going on in our life. There are things that don't make the, the CNN headline news, but they're real to us. And, and the enemy knows how to, how to work his way into your Amen. innermost part. To destroy, to hurt, to confuse, to create fear. But I believe the Lord would just tell you this morning, in Him there is no fear. Yes. But that God is going to give you the spirit of power and boldness and that of a sound mind. <laughs> Not to be double-minded, but this trust in Him. Trust in Him. And God is going to reveal Himself to you this morning. I, I believe that somebody needs to receive that. Just go ahead and receive that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, let that speak into your heart, into your spirit. That God has given you a word of encouragement this morning. In fact, I believe there's about five or six people at least that needs that word this morning. That, that needs that encouragement. It, it's more than just a normal routine thing, but you're, you're battling something this morning. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Don't give up on the brink of a miracle. God didn't bring you this far to let you fail. But he will see it through to the end. You may have a part to play in this miracle, but God will see it through. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. How many times have we stopped short with just a partial miracle? God did something in our life and we got excited, but we didn't ever see it through to completion. I, I, I'll tell you, I've been guilty of that. I get excited, God does something, but God has so much more in store. And if we'll just hold out, He said, He that endureth till the end shall be saved. And I, I feel like God is telling you this morning, don't quit short. Don't stop short. Don't let the enemy uh, give you a false sense of completion because God still has much to do. And God still wants to do a, a big work in your life. And, it, you know, maybe we've prayed about something and we think that the revelation of that thing has come to pass, but that was just a testimony of the power of God. And God wants to do so much more so much more. I, he, he told David, I, I gave you houses and, and, and wives and children. And had that not been enough, I could have done much, much, much more. Listen, don't stop short of what God wants to do in your life this morning. Father, right now, I'm speaking completion. Lord, I speak completion of the miracle. I speak encouragement. Lord, we, we're going to walk in the joy of the Lord. 
We're going to walk in the strength of the Lord. And God, we're going to walk it out to completion. The world needs to see a completed work. Not an empty praise, but a completed work. God, that we're going to praise you in the depths. We're going to praise you, Father, when it's easy. And we're going to praise you when it's hard. And God, we're going to see the glory of God revealed and manifest in this hour. In Jesus' name, I declare it. I call it forth in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Pastor Dominic shared a, a video with me this week of, um, of a, a, another pastor in our district. Um, some of you may know him, Pastor Jim Raley at Ormond Beach. Had shared a, a, a prophetic word, and it connected because he was it was given in the form of a fishing analogy. And I love to fish. It didn't say I'm good at it, but I love to fish. And uh, his analogy uh, was right up my alley because in his prophetic dream, he feels like it was a prophetic, and I agree with him that it was a prophetic dream. He picked up a, well, actually took from his wife, I won't go into the, but a, a, a fishing rod and uh, barely flicked his wrist and it cast like halfway out into the river and he thought wow that was easy and then he began to just reel in he knew that he had caught something but it wasn't hard he was just reeling it was real easy it was real easy and he was reeling in and uh, in his mind he said he remembers thinking there's something tiny on here but he got and it's this huge he said it's got like 10-15 pound test line on his reel but he pulls in this it was like a well, he goes on to describe it, kind of an odd-looking fish, the man-fish thing <laughs> uh, that, that he put up on the dock. It was, it was four or 500 pounds. And um, the fish said, I didn't mean to get caught. He said, unhook me. I didn't mean to get caught. And they couldn't get the hook out of his mouth. And they said, well, you're caught. He said, but I didn't mean to get caught. And uh, the word that God showed him a couple things through that when he woke up was, first of all, in this season, ministry is going to become easy. Now, I received that as a pastor. He says, you're going to, ministry is going to become easy. And you're going to catch people that didn't mean to get caught. Gangsters, gangbangers, uh, just worldliness is gonna be, you're gonna bring them in, they're gonna be easy, it's gonna be easy. And um, so I received that. I, and, and he spoke that word prophetically over the churches and, and uh, I, I received that word. And I, I remember another, to add on to his vision because Evidently, he's not as good of a fisherman as I am. But another part of that, I feel like the Lord at least showed me as I was thinking about that vision and I was trying to think it through. Uh, a tip that Gregory and I have learned through Gregory's fishing shows is that um, after big storms, fishing's real good. Um, and, and we, we noticed that. We went out, there was a big storm 
uh, it didn't actually come in here, but remember that hurricane that was off our coast a little ways a few weeks back? I, I can't even remember the name of it. If it didn't hit me, uh, <laughs> it didn't hit me, so it didn't. It was immaterial. But we went and happened to go fishing that Saturday after that, and we noticed it was like fishing just turned on. And uh, actually, Anna was showing us up. Anna was fishing with us that day. Me and me and Gregory and Anna, and and she was just catching a bunch of fish. I think everybody said Gregory was catching a bunch of fish that day, if I remember right. And uh, <laughs> he, he was the he was the charter captain. But um, the the point that I want to make is, as a nation, we've been through a big storm. And and, and the work now. We have to be willing to be out there and do, do our part, but God's going to make it, uh, man, he's going to make it beneficial. He's going to make it work. He's going to make your work work, amen? And so that, that's just a word, but you know what? It's not all just about, and, and I think we can apply that to all kinds of areas in our life today. Um, sometimes I think, sometimes I talk too much about just ministry aspects because I, you know obviously I'm a pastor and I love the ministry and love the work of the Lord but, but, the, but that's not the only storm that's going on there are family storms, there are other issues and God wants to do a restorative work and fix things and, and it's going to be easy if you let him if you let him now open your Bibles this morning to the book of Luke And when you find Luke, go on to the next book and go to John, chapter 11, because I gave you the wrong book. I wanted to get you close. <laughs> As I was preparing my thoughts this morning one part of this scripture just jumped off the page and that's where God wants us to really focus this morning and we'll spend a little extra time there but I'm going to read the entirety it'll be a very very familiar text to you it's uh, when Jesus went to raise Lazarus from the dead, beginning at uh, John 11, verse 36. You know that we've just, as you're giving you time to get there, just completed a short series, four-week series, uh, concerning building the walls uh, using Nehemiah, rebuilding the walls that had been crumbled uh, by attack and by neglect. It was a twofold thing. They, they, they had been attacked, and then for many years they had been neglected, and uh, because they were overwhelmed and the walls began to crumble, and I'm not re-preaching that series, but uh, the Lord used Nehemiah and those that would be obedient uh, to his word to restore and to rebuild the walls. And uh, But I, I was reading on a little further, and I, I'm not going to add that to our series, but the next chapter over, we kind of finished in Nehemiah 6, but in chapter 7, uh, it talks about the, the walls had been completed at this point. The structure was there, but individual houses still had to be built. And, and I think that God is saying, you know, the structure... God will do, do that. We'll, we'll rebuild the, the, the ministry structure. But the individual people, because know you not that you are the temple of the living God? And the individual houses, we have to be built back up. And that God wants to build, uh, wants to build us back up. We, we, God ha will create, through the structure, a safe environment to be built in. Uh, a place where we can have uh, some protection from the enemy so that we can build back up. But God is, and so I just want to let you know that God wants to build you up this morning. He wants to edify you. And uh, so allow the Holy Spirit to do that. Don't, don't resist it. 
Uh, when you feel the Lord encouraging you and edifying you, just allow that work to take place. Uh, God's going to make you stronger and, and build you up. Now, let's go to John chapter 11, verse 36. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Now, this is, of course, Jesus. They're referring to Jesus' love for Lazarus. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And that's where I want us, we'll, we'll read on a little bit more, but I, I want you to focus on that phrase. If you will believe, you will see the glory of God. But let's say that together. If you will believe, you will see the glory of God. Amen? I, I believe that. I believe that that's a word for today. That was a word for then, and it's a word still for today. Uh, I, I, want to, I think that the Lord is going to talk to us a little bit this morning about his glory and what that means, but it, it boils down to faith. I know, uh, believing is another word for faith. Uh, if you will have faith, you will see the glory. If you will believe, you will see the glory of God. So uh, if, if you are willing to allow the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about moving obstacles out of the way so that we can believe to see the glory of God. Jesus said to her, did I not say that if you would believe you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Father, I ask this morning, God, you are calling out things right now this morning. Things, God, that we have given up on. Dreams, God, that callings that we've buried into our spirit. Hopes, God, that we think are hopeless. Promises, Father, that we don't understand how they can ever come to pass. But, Father, this morning, I believe that you are calling out things in our life. That you're calling out things that, that, you, that you, even though we might have given up on them, God, you haven't given up on them. Lord, that the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. And the work that you've begun in us, God, you are able to complete. And Father, this morning I, I pray, God, that you would uh, call forth, and God, that we would allow, Lord, your work to go forward in our heart and life. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I want to say real quick, because I didn't make this in the announcements, two quick things. One is these kids have been so great. Uh, for the last several weeks, last few months, amen. Give them a hand clap, all the kids in church. I, I couldn't be more proud of them. They've sat in church uh, without kids' church, and they've just done an awesome job. But next Sunday, we are starting kids' church. Yes. And they are happy about that. Uh, Gregory and Megan, I'm sure, are happy about that. And... Uh, uh, the team, and, and listen, if you are interested in helping with kids ministry, that's an area that we could use some more volunteers and help with. That doesn't mean you're giving up every Sunday to be in kids ministry, but we can talk to you about different levels of help. So uh, if that's something that you're interested in, uh, talk to me, and I will help you figure out the best place to serve. That announcement. Second announcement, and we'll get back into the message is uh, we started this two weeks ago, really, but and then this Sunday, I mean, this last Wednesday, we started a, um, 
a series on, on Wednesday night on the armor of God. Is our armor out? Did we put it up? We, we could have left it out here. But, um, yeah, so, so we, we're, we're starting a series on the armor of God. Actually, we've already begun it. You don't want to miss it. It'll be a, a total of an eight-week series. We're two weeks into it. So, um, um, so plug in on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And then, lastly, September the 2nd, I believe, is the Wednesday night. We'll be adding back on um, Royal Rangers or Boys Ministry and Girls Ministry and Youth Ministry uh, and Adult Bible Study uh, live gatherings here in the sanctuary. So uh, we're, we're kind of getting things back, amen? So um, uh, we will be making announcements as to what, uh, you know, I, I don't mean to keep being so ambiguous about it. I just really don't want to miss God. And I think the Lord wants to do something uh, in our discipleship classes. Those, those are discipleship classes on Wednesday night. We'll have other discipleship class options that will be offered very soon. And uh, we'll work that out and get you the details on that. And we're, we'll get everything back to 100% uh, just this morning. I had another pastor uh, conversation with a pastor that had two of his staff members that had tested positive with the virus, and so this week they're calling their live service back off. And um, but you know what? I, I don't I don't want to back up. You know, I, I pray blessing over them and, and protection over them. But we're you know I, I never want to say never, but I will tell you my intentions are to not stop church again. Amen. Uh, we're gonna we we want to to keep keep going forward and adding more not taking away amen so there may be weeks that I don't know it may be different but we're going to continue and we've not really ever stopped church we just changed the format but you know what I mean uh, we we love I need I need these gatherings I need you all to be here with me so uh, we'll continue that we'll continue that on I want to give you four principles in the process of of completed miracles that we can apply. And I want you to take just a moment this morning and think about a miracle in your life. Something that is what you would consider at least very difficult and maybe even something that you have written off as impossible. Uh, something that you feel like that at one time maybe God had intended, but for whatever reason, uh, you feel like you missed the boat, you missed the mark, and now you're at a place that, that it's going to be impossible. Uh, I want you to begin to pull those memories and thoughts out. Don't be afraid to write them down. If the Lord shows you something that, because listen, uh, Habakkuk says write the vision down. And in the end, it shall speak and it shall not lie. So don't be afraid to write down the visions and the things that God is speaking to you. Uh, and so I want to talk about processes, though, and seeing them through to completion. As I mentioned uh, a few moments ago, many times I think that we're guilty. There used to be a song, Don't, uh, don't Give Up on the Brink of a Miracle. Uh, don't Give In, God is Still in Control. And, and, and there used to be, uh, I mean, uh, there, I, I feel like that there's been times individually and there's been times as a church that God has brought us to the brink of a miracle and for whatever reason uh, we accepted that as completion or we were overwhelmed by the next steps, I don't know. Uh, but that God is saying, don't quit short this time. Uh, God will do the impossible. And I, and I, and I, but I want to talk the, the same thing in, in your life. Maybe, maybe the, the, uh, uh, the home life that you had prayed for has not ever come to pass. You, you, you've struggled for years and years and years. Uh, something strange going on. But God says, don't quit. I still have a perfect plan for you. Uh, may, maybe, you know, you, the job, the career that you've prayed for uh, has not come to pass, but that God says, don't quit, I still have a plan for you. So I just want to encourage you this morning that it's all right. God's in control. Now, let's look at four principles here that will help us through this process. One, 
the, let's look at the, the statement that the Jews around Jesus said. Uh, they begin to say, could this man not have prevented this from happening to begin with? Had he been here, the same man, he's, he's opened blind eyes, he's called the lame to walk, could he not have healed Lazarus if he had been here? Now, the first thing I want you to understand is we've got to quit putting God in a box and expecting him to act in the manner that we wish he would act in. Isaiah says God's ways, Isaiah 58 says God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And so we've got to quit thinking, well, God, why didn't you... I, remember when, when Naaman in uh, was the second kings when well, when he went to Elisha uh, to be healed and Elisha said go down to the river and dip seven times in the Jordan and he got angry and he got angry because that wasn't the way in his mind he thought God would do it he said I thought the man of God would come out and strike his chest and speak a word, and I would be healed. I thought that if there were a task to be completed, because it wasn't uncommon that their gods would call on them to complete some great task, uh, to, to bring a miracle about. He said, I thought if there had been a task to be completed, it would have been something worthy of my stature. I'm a captain of Syria, the greatest army in the world. Had the man of God come out and said, go capture this city and bring me back the spoils and I will heal you, that would have made perfect sense to him. He would have mounted up an army and he would have went and done it. But God told him, just go down and dip seven times in the Jordan River and he got angry because he thought that was beneath him. Now here's where I want you to understand. When we put God in a box... He came this close to missing his miracle because he started to just go back and his servant spoke to him and says, listen, you got nothing to lose. Why don't we try that? Why don't we try to go down to the Jordan River and dip seven times? If it doesn't work, whatever. At least you'll have taken a bath. <laughs> so he did and the miracle is manifest but he almost missed the miracle why because he thought God ought to act in this way but God wanted to do something this way can I tell you we as people can't limit God and that's sometimes my uh, our struggle in trying to figure ministry out because we want God to work inside of our ministry box. And God's saying, why don't you just let me be God? How, how many knows that there's a difference in vehicles to get somewhere and destinations? And sometimes we put all of our energy in the vehicle and we forget the destination. Pastor, what in the world are you talking about? Let's, let's talk about church because that's where I... If we put all of our energy into creating a great Sunday school program, but we forget the destination is actually to disciple people and save people, and souls, we can have a tremendous Sunday school program but get our eyes off the destination. Now I'm not saying God can't use that vehicle to do those very things. But we have to be destination minded. We have to keep our eye on the goal. I, like I've told our ranger directors, you know, the goal isn't to have this tremendous Royal Ranger program. The goal is to minister to young boys about Jesus. And if the tool, the vehicle, is Royal Rangers, then that's great, but let's not forget the destination. Okay, let's get out of ministry because y'all get, oh, I'm so tired of that, Pastor. <laughs> you know, God's plan is for you to have a 
a godly marriage and a godly family. Now there are tools and vehicles that you can invest in to help those things, but at the end you have to keep in mind God may show up in a totally different time in a different way. You may have gone through every... I'm going to take off. It's about that time. You may have gone through every marital course and program that you know to go through and applied every principle that you know to apply. And somewhere along the line, you, you, you've gotten so focused on the tools that you've forgotten that God wants to, to heal your marriage. And it may be that just two minutes at an altar together, God can do what you've tried to do for the last 20 years of tools. What I'm encouraging you this morning, and whether it's, whether it's whatever, that's why I said I want you to fill in the blank. Let's not put God in a box. Let's, let's refocus on the destination. Refocus on the journey. When, when, when God first called you, probably there seemed to be no distance from where you were in the destination. Or may have it seemed like a great distance, but oftentimes God will show you the end from the beginning. And the discouragement comes in in the process. Because you wake up the next morning, well, God, you told me that you were going to do this great work, and I don't feel it, I don't see it, and there's still a process to be done. And somewhere along the line, we take our eyes off of the process. And I just want to encourage you this morning, I want you to be as fresh and as real, keep your eyes... When I get discouraged about the church, Pastor, you get discouraged about the church? Sure, I do. Look around you. I come in here and pray until I see something. What do I see? I pray until I see this church filled with worshipers. Until I see these altars filled with families praying together and seeking God. I pray until in my spirit I can see the work that I know is at the heart of God. Because if I get so sidetracked on anything short, and then I get encouraged in my spirit, and I can go on a little bit longer, amen? amen. But, but you have to keep the, the destination in front of you. The destination in this case, in Jesus' miracle, was Lazarus being alive and well. They were worried he didn't do it when he was sick. He didn't heal him when he was sick. And now it's too late. I mean, there felt like your mirror, it's just too late, God. It's just too late. You know, you, you, you called me, uh, you know, you called me into ministry 30 years ago. I, I didn't respond. I'll take the blame, whatever. But whatever the reason, God is just too late now. And God said, no, it's not too late. Your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. And I'm going to do great and mighty things in the right now. Amen. And God is going to call forth things in you that you have already buried. And God is going to call out greatness inside of you that you never even knew existed. If you will let him, don't put God in a box. Secondly, the second principle is remove barriers. Now, this is the God, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. is the God of the universe, the God that spoke and light birthed, the God that spoke and waters moved, the God that spoke and anything he speaks happens. That's why the Bible says God cannot lie. Because the moment he speaks it, it becomes reality. I could say these pews are blue. It's not going to change them. They're Whatever they are. Mauve. Is that a good color? But if Jesus said these pews are blue, they would instantly transform to line up with the word. That's why Jesus cannot lie. His word sets the standard of truth. Amen? That's just a different... I just want you to understand the concept of that. Now, so, 
but th there are obstacles and barriers that come into play that even though God could have easily said, let that stone be moved, and it would have rolled away. In fact, Jesus even used that as an illustration. You know, if you have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, last week I gave out mustard seed. I had somebody stop by church this week and say, Pastor, I want one of those mustard seeds. It wasn't even a church. I, didn't, I was proud that they had watched. But, um, and he said, if you have the faith of a grain of mustard, you can say this mountain be moved and it'll be cast into the sea. Jesus could have easily said that stone be moved. So why did he tell those that were there? He's fixing to call a dead man to life, but he told those that were there, move the stone. Can I tell you that God chooses to use you as part of your miracle? God, and I say this all the time, God often calls us to do the difficult and he'll do the impossible. God wants us to be a part of the process. So God, Jesus told uh, Martha and Mary, move the stone. And they began to do what? Make excuses. Why? That would be embarrassing. You don't know. Lord, I know what's behind that stone. You don't know what's behind that stone. It stinks behind that stone. I mean, it's got some stones that we put over, uh, over our life and over parts of our life. And we don't want to let Jesus get to it because we're embarrassed by it. I, Lord, it's ugly behind that door. It's ugly behind that stone. And God says, move the stone out of the way. Let me in. I'm going to breathe new life into that area of your life. And God doesn't want us to hold off and to block off places. And so we have to do things. We have to remove barriers. Uh, one, I think for God to bring the revival that I'm believing that God is going to bring in our church. And I talked about this with a group of ministers this week. In a minister's meeting. I believe for God to bring the revival that... that, that he wants to bring, that he will bring in this last day of our church. He just wants us to remove barriers and give him liberty. Not, 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 sometimes it's hard to build barriers, but if we'll just remove the barriers and just let God be God. And that's why I'm so cautious about not wanting to necessarily just install programs. Programs I want it to be a flow that the Holy Spirit is pleased with. And I want to have ministry and activities that just please the Holy Spirit. And I don't want there to be any barriers that God says, I didn't put that wall there. Move that wall and I can bless it. And I, and I want there to be a flow in the Spirit. Can I tell you the same thing in your life? Don't put walls up and barriers. We struggle... I don't know, people struggle with traditions. When, when, when I first uh, became a pastor, I was steeped in a lot of tradition, and I was steeped in a lot of um, legalism. Yeah. My, my, my first week pastoring here, and... and um, even, I mean, God took me a little ways from uh, when I was youth pastoring, but even then, it was a pretty traditional church. And then I come out to the beach, and there's not much traditional about you guys. And, uh, I mean, people were coming, I don't know if they actually came in their bathing suits, but pretty doggone close. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord. And uh, I had to struggle with that. I had to struggle with that. I'll be honest with you. I had to struggle with that. And um, uh, finally, the Lord just, just freed me from worrying about it and said, let me take care of the people. You just preach the word of God. Just preach the word of God. And, um, you know, and so that's what we, we focused on trying to do. And, 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 and the Lord's been faithful. But can I tell you that these become barriers that hinder the flow of God. So we have to remove the obstacles to allow the liberty of the Holy Spirit to flow. Church may not always look exactly like you plan for it to look like. You may come in one day and the entire service just turns into a prayer service. People laying at the altar, praying, crying out to the Lord. That's okay. 
I, I, I don't want, I don't, listen, I don't want my sermon to be a barrier to the Holy Spirit. I don't want anything, I don't want, you know, anything to be a barrier to the Holy Spirit. There's nothing we have to accomplish here except allow the Holy Spirit liberty and freedom. There's nothing on the agenda that has to be done except that we allow the Holy Spirit liberty and freedom. Now, God can do that. God can use the worship service. He can use the preaching of the Word. So, examples uh, of stones might be doubts and fears, excuses, pity, sin. These are things that, that hinder the flow of the Holy Spirit. And, and we have to remove those barriers from our life. Thirdly, unwavering faith in Christ. Jesus said, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Okay, here, I want to spend just a few minutes here. What will we see? If you believe, what will we... What's it, this isn't a trick question. It's, it's laid right there for you in the, in the Scripture. If you believe, you will see what? Come on, we just quoted it together. Thank you. You want me to start over? <laughs> Let's all say together, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Okay, that's what you'll see. Now, that may not be, that may not manifest itself in the way that you wanted it to manifest itself. Now, here's the reality. This is where I think the Lord wants to, to show you. His glory is already at work. When we believe, God removes the scales from our eyes and allows us to see the glory of God. We see this throughout Scripture. There's three or four places we could just easily jump to. Uh, but let's look in Exodus when Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. What did God do? God said, stand here beside me on this rock. What's the rock that's placed beside God? What's the rock that's seated beside the throne? Jesus Christ. He said, place your... Listen, if you want to see the glory of God, first of all, you've got to get in the right position. Position yourself on the rock. And the Bible says, he covered the eyes of Moses and walked past because he was not under grace. There's a whole other sermon in that. There was only so much he could handle. He said, he walked past and God showed him, the Bible says, his hinder parts. So we could see the glory of God. But he saw the glory of God that had already taken place, not the prophetic parts that were yet to come. Food for thought. And I'm going to spend a lot of time here. Have you ever wondered how Moses wrote Genesis when he wasn't there? I believe it was during this moment of revelation of the hinder parts of God that God revealed things to Moses. So he showed him things. Listen, Isaiah 6 says that when, the, when Isaiah was called up in a vision and God showed him uh, the seraphims and the cherubims and they prayed and they cried out and they said, Holy, holy, holy art thou Lord God Almighty. And his, the, old, the whole earth was filled with his glory. He didn't fill the whole earth. It revealed his, the earth was filled with his glory. Hebrews says that Jesus Christ is the brightness of his glory. So we see here that God's glory already fills the earth. So God wants to reveal his glory in your life. But you have to position yourself in unwavering faith in Jesus Christ that God might fulfill and show you his glory. And then follow through to completion. This is where we fall short. We've done all of these steps. Lazarus now, God, we removed the barriers. We got all excited. Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Here comes Lazarus. The Bible says, bound hand and foot in grave clothes. Face wrapped in a shroud, a face cloth. This is where we all go home and celebrate and have a big feast and thank God for resurrecting Lazarus. 
But we've just left Lazarus standing out there wondering, hey, <laughs> is somebody here? And we wonder that that incomplete testimony isn't bringing glory to God. Because the world, we're, we're saying, God raised Lazarus from the dead. Hallelujah. And the world looks and sees a mummy. A shell of what God wanted to do. That's why Jesus said, now loose him and let him go. We've got to take that final step in loosing the glory of God. Releasing the glory of God. So that when the world looks, they see a live church. We say that there is a revival. I want the world to look onto the church and see evidence of a revival. I want them to see. Listen, you can say there's revival all day long, and if there's 12 people showing up at church, the world's not going to believe you. I want them to see an evidence of the glory of God, lives being changed, people being healed. God, listen, I don't want to put God in a box. But I believe with all of my heart that the day will come that if Jesus tarries long enough, that we'll see people brought in in wheelchairs and run out, brought in on stretchers, brought in sick and healed. But we can't stop them from coming to church. That's a hard line to toe, isn't it? <laughs> I get a little taken aback by it sometimes. But anyway, I don't want to start meddling. It just goes against everything in my grain to tell people you can't come to church because you're sick. Because when I was sick, I used to come to church because I was sick. <laughs> I needed somebody to pray for me. Oh, my Lord. We were sick as kids. My mama drug us to church. Let them smear oil all over us. And, and, and we survived. And those praying for us survived. So let, let me just, and, and anyway, you can take that how you want to. I, I, I didn't mean to go there other than to say this. I believe that the glory of God is going to manifest and we're going to see, we're going to see lives touched and changed by the power of God. But we've got to allow God liberty and freedom. We've got to remove the barriers of fear and doubt and anxiety. I had dinner last night with some family members, which is a mixed bag, by the way. Not this family. They're a mixed bag of fruits, too, but... And they were talking about this little church in my hometown, Callahan. And they were, it's a little church of God, and they said, you know, that church is just growing. It's just, it, through this pandemic, it grew. After this pandemic, it's growing. And they're, they're, they're actually grew through the pandemic. I'm thinking, my Lord, I, I, my ears tuned in because I'm talking to pastors that are trying to get 30% of their church back. And you're telling me about a church that grew? And they said, but you know what? They're not even social distancing. <laughs> but they're growing. People are getting saved. <laughs> Let me exchange this for that. Hallelujah. Let, I, I just want, I, man, I didn't mean to get into this this morning. Sometimes it just comes out. I'm not saying we can't use wisdom. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is we can't put God in a box and limit the Holy Spirit. We've got to allow the Spirit of God liberty when we gather.
in our church services, in your families. If you will believe, you'll see the glory of God. That glory may show up in the form of a miracle. That glory may show up in... I can just tell you in my life, when the glory of God is manifest, it's manifest in different ways. It's manifest in different ways, but uh, it is always ended in, uh, in revelation knowledge. And we'll have kids' church back next week. So that'll be good. Hallelujah. So um, uh, I just want you to be focused this morning. Would you, would you just bow your heads with me this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, a little bit ago, I, I asked you to try to think of things that you're still believing God for. And maybe they seem overwhelming or even impossible to you. But I, I want you this morning to bring them out and dust them off. I want you to remove the barriers and the obstacles. Pastor, I, I've, I've prayed for my marriage so long until... Listen, and I'm talking to people that are willing to put some effort in. God says, I want to manifest in your family. I want to manifest in your family. Pastor, I've prayed for my finances so long and I've just... You know, I'm just stuck in this situation that I'm in and I, I don't know how I'm ever going to get out of it. God says, I, I can fix that. I can fix that. And it may not be the way you're thinking. I may have a different plan, but I can fix that. I can, one day I, I can just come in here and just take a whole service and just share miracle after miracle after miracle that I've received in my life. When the glory of God manifests. What you need, what you need is the glory of God. If you're here this morning, right now, without looking around or waiting, if you are here this morning, say, Pastor, I just want to see the glory of God in my life. I'm just hungry. I'm like Moses. He cried out, Lord, show me your glory. I can't go on another day. I can't take another step. God, reveal your glory to me. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I just want to see the glory of God manifest in my life, in my family, in my church. I just want to see the glory of God manifest. Real quickly, without waiting, I want you to stand to your feet. Come on, is there somebody? I just want to see the glory of God. I just want to see the glory. I'm hungry for the glory of God. I'm hungry for the glory of God. Oh God, I'm hungry. For the glory of God. Now everybody that wants to see the glory of God. I want you to just come and line up across the front of this church this morning. As one body. As one army. I just want you to come and line up across the front of this church. If you're just. You can put a mask on if you want to. Whatever. I, you know that's fine. And I don't mean that in a critical way. Feel free. Sometimes you have to seek God for a fresh word or a new word. But today, we can stand on a word that's already been written, penned and read, which means Jesus Christ Himself said it. If you will believe, you will see the glory of God. If you will believe, listen, I want you to open your hearts right now and hear that. If you will believe on me, said Jesus Christ, if you will believe on me, you shall receive, you shall see, I'm sorry, the glory of God. Father, I believe. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. I believe. Hallelujah. 
Right now, I push back darkness. Listen, I want you to do something for me. I want you to, right now, in the spirit, I want you to begin to remove barriers, obstacles that are, that are holding back that dream. God will show them to you. He'll reveal the barriers to you this morning. Lord, right now, reveal, Lord, what's holding back the glory of God. What's holding back the dream and the miracle and the vision in my life. Lord, have I put you in a box? Lord, have I buried it with sin? Have I buried it with doubt? Have I buried it with fear? God, reveal right now what is holding back this barrier. I mean, what is the barrier that's holding back this miracle? And then God's going to show you, you there may be something you need to do to remove that barrier. And, and the thing you may need to do is simply just plead the blood of Jesus over it. Or there may be something that you need to do. There may be somebody that you need to go and make things right with that may be a barrier in your life if there's anger if there's resentment that you need to just go deal with I, I had a pastor say this week I heard a pastor recently, I'm sorry, I don't remember where, the pastor recently said that if um, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for your enemy to die. They don't even know. And you're, listen, I want you to get to the place that you think, Lord, I'm not going to let anybody make me sick. They're not worth it. So there may be some unforgiveness that needs to be taken care of this morning. Some resentment. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we remove every obstacle, every barrier, in the name of Jesus. Remove the stone. <laughs> Lord, I believe. Come forth. Come forth. Come forth. May the miracle in your life come forth right now. May that calling in your life, hope come forth. Joy come forth. Strength come forth. Faith come forth. <laughs> what, what's held back? Giftings and callings that have been held back, come forth in the name of Jesus. Happiness, come forth in the name of Jesus. Blessings come forth. Life Come forth. When it comes forth, it may not look like it's completed yet. There may be something that you have to do. There may be a part that you have to play in this thing. That's where Jesus said, Now, take that which I've called out of the tombs of your life and hone it up. Clean it up. Take off the grave clothes. It's been buried a long time. It's got to be dusted off some. But it will be a living testimony of my power. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, sweep over us. Roll over us. Flow over us this morning. With your glory. With your glory. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, may your glory overtake us. May your glory overshadow us. May your glory encompass us. Father, as you manifest your divine plan, your divine will, God in our lives, Lord, we will not be discouraged. You are the glory and the lifter of our head. Lord, we will not look to the left nor to the right, but God will set our eyes on you, Father, and you alone. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Church, I want you to be encouraged. Don't be discouraged. There may be some things that God called forth out of your life this week that 
the enemy's going to try to fight you on this week. Uh, be aware of that. Uh, don't be caught off guard by that. You know, before you get to your car, if some of you made some commitments to the Lord today, before you get to your car, the devil's going to challenge you on those commitments. Uh, you stand firm in what, what your commitment is. God will give you the strength to be an overcomer. Father God, go with us. May your grace shine upon us. God, may you keep us with our coming in and going out. Lord, may your light not only shine on us, but through us. And may the river of the living water of the Holy Spirit flow out of us, God. Saturate all of those we come in contact with, with your glory. In Jesus' mighty, precious name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you.